What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 422nd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. SBJ here, your host. Also, Greg here. I am also your host. Uh, don't let Steve say that we aren't hosts. <laughs> Hi! Um, so, Hi. I'm, can, can we talk about how these Pokemon Go events are getting out of control? This live Tornadus thunderous visit that we had on Friday was real bad. Oh, I did yeah. not, did oh, not I care for it. I see the joke. I get it. <laughs> I see through. Greg, uh, I already did introduce Greg. Will here. <laughs> I, I was an Egan and therefore did not get the opportunity to capture Tornadus or Thunderous. Yep. But you kept your powers. <laughs> Minnesota's so boring at this point that it's just weather every weather cast every episode with you guys. I mean, Look, do you want to join me to talk about skateboarding? This is a major event. Yeah, we don't want to talk about skateboarding. This is the, I could have died, Steve. <laughs> and you don't even care. You didn't even text back. I was out in you. You 80... didn't even hit. What are you talking about? I text back. <laughs> You yeah, were he's streaming, like, what the heck are you guys it. talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm hiding okay. in the basement on a Friday night, and you're like, I'm going to catch this shiny. My friends are dying, but I don't care. <laughs> if and I'm working, Sunday, I'm well, I mean, working. We've got his priorities in order. We bring it up on Sunday so that people out there aren't worried, and you're like, it's so boring that you almost died. <laughs> if I'm working, I'm working. I have the, the common decency not to text you at. 4 a.m. because you, you both you boys are sleeping. <laughs> well, because we have a normal schedule. <laughs> no, I could up <laughs> like at 4 the rest of the world. Yeah, I was gonna say Will actually gets up at four. Uh, we got a show for you guys. Uh, we have not a lot of Pokemon news this week. A little bit lighter, but that's okay because we have an interview. You can probably tell by the title of the episode. Uh, I interviewed Joshua Yale from IGN, so that'll be the second part of the interview. So if we do miss some Pokemon news, there's always next week. Speaking of Pokemon news, I guess we start with the makeup day in Pokemon Go for the... There's not much to say here for GoFest. It, it was fine. It existed. <laughs> I missed it. Most people in America probably shouldn't complain because it was they weren't the ones that had the majority of the issues. It was like New Zealand and Australia and Asia that had way, 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 way more issues than everywhere else, but... Well, I had some issues this morning. I was trying to walk, balance my bike, drink a cup of coffee, and play Pokemon Go all at the same time. And I, there was lag, too. <laughs> I'll let Niantic know. The bike, coffee, yeah. Pokemon Go combo. Not Yeah. I need a Poke Bike Plus, which is something I can attach onto the handlebar of my bike that does everything that the Poke Ball Plus does, with, but not in my hand. So I, my bike can do it for me. <laughs> But oh. not in my hand. <laughs> Can't you just wrap the Pokeball Plus around the handlebars? Yeah, because nah, you got to press the get, button. But you can get one of those drinking birds from the 70s. Get so a just rubber, no, just get a rubber band and wrap the rubber band around the ball. Have you? I, I'm not. I, I don't live the rubber band lifestyle. I'm a paperclip what? dude. How? What? It's okay. How are you not living the vastly superior rubber band life and going no, for Clippy no. the garbage? No. Yep. Who even are you? Will, was it everything you wanted? You missed, you bought a ticket to both days. Well, you had to buy a ticket to both days to go fast yeah. and you missed it. And I mean, I enjoyed, okay. I mean, I, I'm happy that I was able to fill the fire and water segments. And with this current, I don't know what's happening in Pokemon Go right now, but we're certainly getting, certainly getting a lot of grassies. I mean, I'm happy that I'm, I'm able to make the progress on it. 
uh, even though I had to pay for more Pokemon storage and yet also still transfer in quotes, like 200 more Pokemon, uh, for this whole thing to work. But I mean, I'm, I'm happy I get the opportunity to do the Pokemon Go Fest stuff, which I didn't do because I was, you know, at a wedding. You're one step closer to Victini. I love Victini very much. <laughs> you are correct. It is Unova week right now in Pokemon Go. That'll last until Friday till 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern. Swaddle has been added. Amulga is somewhere, I guess. <laughs> I just is it swaddle. in an egg? Off Pokemon.com, it says this includes Sawaddle, Cottony, and if you're lucky, Amulga. Not shiny Amulga, just Amulga. I think I got Sawaddle out of an egg. Yeah, there is, yeah they're in, I don't know if Amulga's in eggs, but definitely Sawaddle and Cottony are in eggs. I just got a Sawaddle and a Cottony back-to-back. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Shiny Rog and Roller. R- roller. Uh, shiny Rog and Roll <laughs> got added. Uh, Bufalant is uh, in New York somewhere. Uh, Genesect, the mythical Pokemon, appearing in five star raids. If you're looking for Genesect, if if you're if you're one of those uh, people in the middle of nowhere with dial up internet and one Pokestop in your city of 500 people, and you're looking for Genesect, uh, both the Slack community has been nonstop doing Genesects with each other, and the Discord community is doing nonstop Genesects with each other. So. It hasn't really been too hard to give... It, it's never been a better time to give Niantic your money. Three premium raid passes at a time. <laughs> it's costing me so much money. I'm having if- issues with how much money this is costing me right now. I'm not doing no re- more remote raids. Uh-uh-uh. What? Done. What's the issue? <laughs> you have to pay for the passes. You have to pay for the passes for regular raids. No, I get no, one free get one, one every day. Free. That's the one I do. That's the, here's the. This is the five head strategy. This is the big brain. Oh man! You when, use mm. your free one, and you invite other people to it. But then they have to pay. I don't want to be the one who makes my friends have to pay for stuff. They're adults. I mean, true. In theory, they're gonna they're gonna spend yeah, the basically. money on Genesect, whether it's your raid or somebody else's. So you might as well recruit them to help you defeat Genesect. But I have I have a research task, which if I just bother to do it, I'll get a Genesect. What, so what is the over? What was the over under over? Was the over under on you completing that before Friday? Before Friday? Yeah. Wait, what's the rush to get Genesect? I don't need Genesect before Friday because we don't know but if Niantic's going to turn off the shiny. <laughs> but I don't need a shiny. All right, all right. It's red. They made a movie about it. I mean, I have a shiny Genesect in my Pokemon home. I, I don't need No, more. you don't. I'm pretty sure there was a shiny Genesect distribution, dude. Specifically in Japan. It was never released in the United States. I have Japanese friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how do you search for things in Pokemon home? This is confusing as all heck. Oh, good luck. We can't spend an hour talking about how bad Pokemon home is. Yeah, we can. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes, we, we can. clearly can. We can. <laughs> we clearly can. We shouldn't is what you're trying to say, but we can clearly complete that task quite easily. That one's purple. Hey, speaking of Pokemon Home, do you guys remember Pokemon Pass? Yeah, I got that installed on my phone. There's a new distribution for it. <laughs> At Target? I better reinstall it. 
This is, uh, this is, I just pulled this off Sarah B's Twitter. A special Dynamax Crystal event to get Gigantamax Caparaja is available in the U.S. at GameStop through Pokemon <laughs> Pass app. Remember last week when we said there's no way that the Pokemon company would do a distribution that would cause a person to go outside of their house to a retail location to redeem a, just a cop, just a, just Caparaja. Nothing's too special about it besides it. Hey, it's Gigantamax Caparaja. True. True. From now until the 31st, you can get a crystal that gets you Gigantamax Caparaja? Question mark? Is it special in any way? No. It's Gigantamax. Not all Caparajas can Gigantamax, friends. Well, if only there was a they can now. soup in the game that... Yeah, but that. then you gotta get all those mushrooms and the <laughs> honeys and the... Ugh. This event did run in Europe earlier this year, I think in June, and I think prior to that it ran in Japan. So I guess it's just making the rounds. I, my guess is, my guess was that this was already established because it's August, and they probably had a lot of things lined up for August because it was the World Championship, it's supposed to be this past weekend. So what did they do last year during the World Championship? They had a GameStop event last year, and we all complained because there was no GameStops in D.C. There's no GameStops in D.C., correct. What was... It was not even that good of an event either. It was pretty mediocre. Wasn't it like go to GameStop and get a sticker in Pokemon Pass? <laughs> it was like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. I didn't even think it was a Pokemon. I think it was a sticker. I thought they would just move this all to home, though. But again, maybe they just made the deal with Pass. I don't with may, may, who may what? Where is this distribution? Did you even say the store? Yeah, GameStop. No, 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 no. That's not possible. Yeah, Dyna okay. Dynamax Crystal event through Cop Gigantamax Caparaja available through Gigantamax GameStop I, through the Gigantamax Pokemon Pass app. I can't hear it because GameStop isn't real. No, they're surviving by a thread. I went to one in Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. You are correct. Trying to find some magic cards. I caught I caught a Basculin at the one up by the laundromat that I had to go to. GameStop? Yeah. Did you get your Caparaja? Well, I didn't know there was a Caparaja thing while I was sitting in there. But I just caught the Basculin and I named it Blue Steve. <laughs> Thanks. Man, I am having so much <laughs> lag in Pokemon Go right now. It's grass week. California just started their... Oh, California, you eat up all of our bandwidth. You eat up all of our water. <sighs> California, get it together. All right, let's talk about the big news this week. Okay, what is it? The Pokemon Company. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of them? Owned yep, by Niantic. I, yep. uh, <laughs> are they related to the Pokemon Company International? Because no, that's they're the separate. One I know. Okay. That was a joke. They're not owned by Niantic. The Pokemon Company decided that we... We, Greg and Will, the royal we, Greg, Will, mm -hmm. and myself, are too powerful. Yes. They launched their own podcast. Rival podcast. We are Why now are eternal you enemies. Them free advertising. Free advertising to your audience. This audience could have been blissfully aware that the Pokemon Company is attempting to take over our turf. Actually, have you listened to their podcast? I have not. I have. I, I, I listened, listened to the whole thing this morning. It's actually, I did too. It's actually really nice. And I can also say, not a direct competitor to the content that we provide in the slightest bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's, it's called The Play Pokemon Podcast. 
It is hosted by Jay Blake, who works at the Pokemon Company. I met Jay at the 2018 National or World Championship in Nashville. DM'd me on Twitter that weekend, and then we met up. And uh, he's a very nice guy. He's the host. Uh, he has a very, very good hosting voice. Uh, I think his mm. accent can be a little confusing at times. What? I like his voice. His voice is nice. His accent can be a little confusing. What, because you can't tell what the accent is? I'm not British. So some of his word (laughs) pronunciations are a little difficult at times. It's all the extra unnecessary U's U's. that make it very confusing. Like, why is there a U in there? It doesn't need it. This seems like uh, there are... Episodes are dropping like every Wednesday, and I think their final episode will be September 9th. That's what it at least says on Pokemon.com. It says... Uh, oh, so it's like a short run? Yeah, look forward to new episodes every Wednesday through September 9th. They even say that near the end of the first episode of the podcast, where they said it was like, we're covering the championship series, and then we're done. So so this is like serial. Y- yes, uh, you won't believe the Pokemon who murdered uh, so-and-so is. <laughs> Twist and turns left and right. Twist and turns left and right. I mean, what they did with the cell phone records will probably make me just as angry. I got asked the question a lot this week on Twitch, which was, are you worried about them? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there. I don't think anyone listening to It's Super Effective goes, oh, wait, there's an official podcast that is so, super competitive and not like covering news. I'm going to go over there and stop listening to this. Super <laughs> competitive. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. Their show is, I, it is like the, I don't know, f- football coverage of like games. Very much. It's very, very competitive. I... I find it, I don't know if, I'm sure this Pokemon fan exists, but I don't know how many there are. What what is that thing called? The Venn diagram? Where you got the circles? Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Venn diagram. Of a a competitive, first off, you have to like competitive Pokemon. One. That's number one. Number two. That's circle one. Is there's not, I've gone to countless regionals, battle roads, uh, champion cups, uh, worlds, nationals. There is already an extremely small overlap at these at these big tournaments of somebody who loves VGC and somebody who loves TCG. Oh, uh, don't forget Pokemon Tournament. That, well, <laughs> because that's up in there too. Right. That's up the, so if to find a person that likes all three and ha- like you don't I don't know if it's possible to like dedicate yourself to all three even. I guess you could Dedicate respect now. it. I get, you could respect it, I guess, and be like, "Ah, oh, I don't play Pokemon tournament, but I love watching competitive Pokemon tournament." Or like, "I, I don't play competitive TCG, but I love watching it." But I do play and like competitive VGC. I, maybe that exists. Well, it's the person like me who goes uh, to day one to play the TCG, scrubs out, and then plays the VGC on day two <laughs> and scrubs out <laughs> and scrubs out. I, I think the other focus of the podcast is they wanted to bring to light players. Mm. What I noticed a lot in the... So the, the, the show is actually formatted really, really well. Um, Jay talks to people specifically in that field, right? So yeah, you're yeah. the VGC person, you're the TCG person, you're the Pokemon person. 
Um, so I think it's I think it was structured really well. But I can I can easily see somebody who's like listening to the v, the the video game part, and then it gets to the, like the TCG part, and they're like, I don't care, I'm out. Um, which what? those people exist. Like, like yeah, I don't it's... care about Pokemon at all. But I was like, <laughs> I, I I need I want to listen to it because I'm just curious of like what happens after the Pokemon stuff. But yeah, it's very much like an ESPN program where they're like, you know, this player because right, it's not just a general. It, it's definitely not like here's how to get good at being competitive. That that is not there at all. But it's really a lot of stats and figures about like this is how many times this particular Pokemon has shown up in you know the top competitions, and these are the players who are making it to like the final of finals of the play Pokemon, where, right? Like where it's spe- specific for the top players and calling them out as if they're kind of like sports personalities that we should know. I have no idea who Shadow Cat is, but I have oh not heard can that we name talk like about that real? twenty times. <laughs> It, it was I mean, so... Shadow Cat's Dark Rye. Supposedly, I need to care about this. That's true. Yeah, it's it was. I, I hate esports. It's so jarring to go from like in the video game where they're they're talking about players' real names. Oh yeah, they talk about Wolf Glick. Yep. And then yep. In, in the, the TCG, TCG they, they talk, talk about, about Peter's real, real names. names. And then yep. in the Pokémon, they're like, "Ah, oh, Shadow Cat is is fighting Blaze at 420." And then after that, <laughs> 69 Nate 69 is going to come on in and oh my gosh, his Samurai is incredible and you should see Big Joe 444297238 with his Gengar out and you're like, "What?" How did we get here? <laughs> yeah, what are exactly. these names? <laughs> I agree. When, especially if these are people who have, like, you know, gone to invitationals and won their spot in a set of finals because of, like, you should know what their real names are at this point. Unless there's, like, something about just, like, because in particular this is an eSport. VGC is just as much as an eSport. I, I don't know. Right, that they need to be protected or hide behind their aliases. I, hmm. I, I think in like League of Legends and Dota, they they use their names just because the names appear over the character on screen. Yeah. Um, and so it's easier for you to like follow that instead of the being like, oh, big. I don't know. I'm going with Big Nate. Big Nate is <laughs> XX Slayer four twenty XX, and you're like, it's hard to remember two things, so you just say XXX Slayer four twenty. But when when it I don't know. In Pokemon tournament, it's two people, and their your your username I don't think appears in the game, and they're going to overlay the the name over it anyways. I'm pretty sure it does. Does it? Pretty sure. Um, but that's not as confusing to follow as like a MOBA where it's like five people versus five people. It's just one versus one. I I think there's True. a I think there's just a perf- I don't know. I I I feel like I relate better to real names. I mean, like Ray Rizzo, Wolf Glick, Aaron Zhang. You know these these are these are na- Cybertron. You mean Cybertron? <laughs> Thank you very much. These are names that people recognize in the VGC and then in the TCG. You have like Jason Kl- Klinsky and you have um, Ross J Clay. J J Clay. It was just jarring in the show to go from like real name, real name, real name to then like username. Agreed. I mean, you're talking to a person that can't remember people's real names, but I can remember their Twitter handles. So, like, that doesn't bother me. I would be curious, though, like, if people who have never listened to a podcast before, because, so, 
I, I got really lucky with SEO back in the day. <laughs> and if you go to iTunes and you search Pokemon Podcast, we come up first. So it's not like yeah. it's hard to find the show. And we're going to win a, an award that's, soon. That's, hopefully. But to get a person to be like, I wonder if there's a Pokemon podcast. That's, that's the struggle. Um, because if, if, they, if they go to iTunes, they type it in, they find it, and they listen to it, and they don't like it, we, we, we tried. <laughs> Not going to appeal to everyone. Um, but there are plenty of people that haven't even thought or considered looking at a Pokemon podcast. So I'm, I'd be curious if somebody's never listened to a podcast, they listen to the Play Pokemon podcast, they like it, the Play Pokemon podcast ends, and then they go, I wonder if there are other Pokemon podcasts to listen to, and then they'll find that there's a ton of shows out there. But it's cool for them to do this. I think I, I, I told the story, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast, where I was like trying to reach out to Nintendo and stuff back in the day to get copies of Pokemon and they would always, they would always, when I would ask and reach out, like, hey, I'm a content creator, they would be like, well, what's your YouTube? And at the time, I, I didn't do YouTube. Uh, I didn't, you know, I started doing YouTube this year uh, because I was producing so much Twitch content that not everyone could watch that we moved it over to YouTube. I would always say, like, I'm not a YouTuber, I'm a podcaster. And their, and their response was, oh, we don't do podcasts. <laughs> and it was like, it's like this weird time where now Nintendo does do a podcast. It's like the Nintendo Power podcast that comes out once a month. And now it's like this really weird time where the Pokemon company is doing a podcast. So being told <laughs> for so long that like, oh, we don't do podcasts. And now it's like, okay, cool. You guys now. Are... But I also feel like every corporate company, every corporate company is not a real thing. Every company I feel like is doing a podcast just like every company like needs a Twitter. Tide has a Twitter, but I don't think anyone goes like, oh man, I really like laundry detergent. Oh god, good, good thing Tide is on Twitter. I would love to follow to get updated on new scents they tweet. Like You don't know me. They, they Wow, <laughs> I've been off Twitter for a real long time, but now you just gave me a reason to get back on. I love Tide's options of, of scents. I'm a I'm a Tide dude. I feel like it's a very common thing now with like just companies is can we do a podcast? And if we can do it, how are we going to do it? But cool to see them do it. I thought it was worth listening. Oh, I agree. I'll get to it. <laughs> um, some other news here off Pokemon.com. The Pokemon TCG True Steel Premium Collection. What's that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> if you're looking to add some <laughs> steely might to the Pokemon trading card game, Call upon legendary Pokemon of the Galar region. The Pokemon TCG True Steel Premium Collection celebrates the powerful Zacian and Zamazenta with two sets. They come with figures and pins, and then they come with six booster packs. They're 30 bucks. Are the booster packs good? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Can you see the booster packs in the image? Yes, yes. Uh, what do we got? We got your favorite X and Ys. You got your favorite Sunses and Moonses uh, and solar eclipses. And it looks like we have darkness um, of fire. Looks like we have an unbroken bonds, which is pretty sought after right now. It's an older set, though. We got uh, Rebel Clash. Two Rebel Clashes, as it looks like. Oh, gosh, what has Raichu on the cover? That might be XY Evolutions, actually. Which sought after because of that Charizard in it. It looks like we have a Burning Shadows also sought after because there happens to also be 
A Charizard in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Are they just going to put out uh, Charizard? Well, Darkness Ablaze Charizard. Char- Let me char- charring your blaze as Charizard. Tell you there that- is indeed a Charizard in Darkness Ablaze. <laughs> but what what if they just skipped it and just put out an all Charizard? All char- every type of Charmander, Charizard, Charmeleon, just that's all the cards. It's just an entire fire. No, see, no one likes Charmeleon or Charmander. People just want yeah, the Charizard. You, ha- you have to have them People to just want the Charizard into the Charizard. <laughs> no, that's not true. We, you get Charizard V. Can... That's a base Pokemon. You don't need the ones below it. Mm. I mean, we could, you know, sprinkle them some Cinderace. Nobody wants Cinderace. Everybody wants Cinderace. Oh, speaking of Cinder- Cinderace, uh, in... <laughs> In the in the play Pokemon podcast, I yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, Will. In the in the video game part, they kept bringing up stats. Uh huh. They kept saying like, "Oh, Rillaboom's number one on the leaderboard, and Togekiss is number three, and like, uh, Incineroar is number two. Yes, Dragalge is like number eighteen or something. This is my question: Are they using Picolytics for that? A non-official Pokemon source to talk about on an official Pokemon podcast, or do they actually oh. have stats? They have stats, dude. They you think have so? Stats. You think they have stats? One hundred percent. That database is getting populated for every single battle that occurs Absolutely. on their system. If they're not doing that, then I want them fired because. What is the point <laughs> yeah. of being connected online if they aren't stealing my data and learning how I play the game? Exactly. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying the Poku, I'm not saying Game Freak doesn't have stats, but Game Freak would be the ones receiving the stats. And then they would have to send it over to the fine people in at working at the Pokemon Company yeah. in in Washington. Are you saying that the Pokemon Company does not automatically get those reports? Because that's pretty I'm much how even, businesses work. Not even reports. I can guarantee that they have like an app that's built on built on some platform that's like literally called like Pokemon Battle Stats that's like real time <laughs> updated you yeah. can just go and you have a dashboard of like here's all the pokemon that have been used yeah but where did they copy and paste it from uh the gts that remember when gts uh, had that oh, running oh yeah on yeah, the yeah. website yep. they just took that and slapped it up there they actually probably have it on monitors all around their call center and they just have like the ticker tape going top 10 well i mean <laughs> I mean, know, usually sell, after sell Rillaboom, sell Rillaboom, Rillaboom sounds special. Uh, extra bonus if you sell Rillaboom right now. Um, usually after uh, like a tournament, like the May International, they do post like the top twenty Pokemon being used, but they don't. I don't think they ever show percentages. Not to the public, but you know they have them internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they. I'm not saying so they don't the have call them. Sent- I'm just saying. So the official Pokemon people on their official Pokemon podcast have access to those official Pokemon stats. Yeah, why, why don't know. you think that Game Freak would share? That's what I don't understand. Because Game Freak is so bad at communicating. <laughs> to you, not to their overlords. Why do we have their this overlords. <laughs> what is the reason? Because <laughs> who cares about who cares about the consumer? You need to keep your overlords happy. That's the bottom line. Shareholders 100%. first, then then consumers then businesses, then your artists, and then like at 400th place is the consumer. Oh, okay. And then after that's employees. Employees are always at the bottom. Final bit of news here. Oh, and Japan's at the very bottom because they don't tell those people anything. Yeah, they don't have internet out there. 
Final bit of news is Darkness Ablaze is available. It's out. It's here. How how many Darkness Ablaze packs did you open? Uh zero. I have not gotten my order yet. I did order. So a- then your Twitch stream was a lie. No, I, well, are we talking real packs or digital packs? I've opened. Doesn't matter. I asked a simple question: How many did you open? I opened a hundred digital packs. I have opened zero real packs. Why are you throwing money away? Everybody knows that you trade packs for the Pokemon you want. That's true. I opened the packs, which ruined. Actually, I had, I had some sick, gnarly opens. Will, I was did you get all to... the Eternatus. You had some gnarly the pulls, as those of us in the TCG world call them. I pulled some gnarly Pokemon. True. Some gnarly digital cards that mean nothing. <laughs> Don't take away I from my... I do want that Frostmoth. Take away from my my, my Pokemon. Uh, I... So I, I think the, the two best cards that you could probably pull from the set is uh, Crobat V. <laughs> the world... Tw- the year is 2020. Crobat is relevant again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eternit- Eternatus VMAX, although I guess Eternatus VMAX is not useful without Eternatus V. But why? why? Because you have to, you can't just play the VMAX. You got to play the V and then play the VMAX on top of it. Oh. What? Are they doing break cards again? Well, VMAX cards are on top <sighs> of the V cards. I did not, I was not aware of that mechanic. I'm out. It's, uh, what, what, whatever. Uh, but on Pokemon.com. <laughs> this is why we're having a lawsuit is what that is. On, yep. on Pokemon.com, they they showcase the cards like they always have, but they've actually showcased them in a way. Oh, there's 185 cards in the set. They've showcased them in a way where they, they show you them working together, which I feel like they might have done this before, but I don't feel like they do it often. I just want to just go through this. They, they showcase Eternatus VMAX with Crobat V. And they actually say why it's relevant here. So Eternatus's VMAX's Dread End does 30 damage for each dark Pokemon in play. Plus, play Crobat V, which is a dark Pokemon, and use its dark assist ability to draw more cards, hopefully finding more dark Pokemon in play. Also, you could probably put Crobat V in like, any deck, but it works good here. And then they have uh, four cards, and they all have the, they all have the same move which is called Mad Party, uh, and then Mad Party. So it's a Bunnelby, a Dedenne, a Poltegeist, and a Mr. Rhyme. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Mad Party does 20 damage for each Pokemon in your discard pile that has the Mad Party attack. If you haven't played the TCG, you're probably like, what, what does that mean? Um, but they actually compare it to something here on the website. Reminiscent of old Night March decks from X and Y series, Bunnelby, Dedenne, Poltegeist, and Mr. Rhyme all have the Mad Party attack, which does 20 damage per Pokemon in your discard pile that has the Mad Party attack. Discard as many cards as you can to do some damage. So you would probably never play Mr. Rhyme down or Poltegeist down because they're evolutions of cards. You would, would just want to discard them. And so if you're familiar with Night March and the Night March mechanic, this is... The new Ma- Night March, they're just renamed Mad Party. Are we spoiling this for the children, Greg? No. Okay. And the last combo they show on the website is Rose and Rose Tower. 
Uh, Rose, which is a supporter card. You're allowed to play one supporter card on your turn. Rose lets you attach two basic energies cards from your discard pile to one of your Pokemon VMAX. Ironically, that works really good with Eternatus. Uh, but it comes at the cost of discarding your entire hand. But Rose Tower, which is a stadium card, will let you get, will let you draw three cards to get a fresh hand. So very good. If you have only, if you have Rose and another card in your hand, you discard Rose, you play Rose, put two energies on, discard your, the other card in your hand. But with Rose Tower, you draw three more cards and you can continue your turn. Um, so that combo is also very good. I don't know. Pokemon Company. If you're listening, I know you... I, look, I know there are people that work there that listen to our show. Uh, <laughs> do more of this. This is really, really good. Explain, like, why these cards work together in, in a very simple way. Yeah. Also, the Card Dex app got an update. It is still useless, as there is no account <laughs> or cloud saved. I am... I have never made an iOS app. I, I know plenty of people that have made iOS apps. I'm pretty sure it's really easy to use Apple's iCloud save feature in your app. I mean, you would think because they want people to, they want to move people towards that. Yeah. Just, I, maybe they just don't, maybe they don't want to use iCloud. I don't, if only they had like, like something called like a trainer, trainer club account that links to the Pokemon trading card game online app and links to, I don't know, Pokemon Go as well. If only they had like a system in place <laughs> that I they mean, could link to the card decks app. What a world that would be, right? But anyone, we don't live there. For anyone that doesn't know, there's an official Pokemon app in the uh on Android and iOS called Card Decks, and what it does is it 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 catalog it catalogs your collection. So if you bought a bunch of cards, if you bought a set of Dark Disablaze and you're like, I wanna collect them all, but with real money. <laughs> you can use the camera on the back of your phone and scan just hold it over the card and then it will add it to the collection so you can open up a booster pack scan the 10 cards be like oh i already had this one or oh i didn't have this one add it to your collection but if you were to transfer your data to a new phone and set up as new or you you lost your phone and you need a new phone or your kid hit the erase and install button on your phone or just delete it if just if you delete the app on accident you're hol- you're, you're riding a bike you're holding a coffee you're pokeball plusing your fingers on the card decks app for too long it starts doing the jiggly thing you accidentally hit the x you deleted it all your data is gone in an app about catalog- <laughs> cataloging <laughs> your data why would anyone use this if there was not a backup feature it's very frustrating so still cannot recommend that. That's it. That's all the news. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Uh, it'll be the interview with uh, Joshua Yale. Uh, we talk Detective Pikachu to Sword and Shield to childhood memories of getting into Pokemon. So we will be right back. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Man Chomp, Man Chomp, Man Vapor Man, Vapor Man, Vapor Man. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Scootaloo, Scootaloo. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Do, 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 do,
is your favorite Pokemon. Womper. We are back from our break, and we are here with Joshua Yale from IGN. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good. How are you? I'm all right. (laughs) (laughs) As good as as good as we can be in this weird pandemic era. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've done tons of interviews on the show. We've had Dan Reichard from Giant Bomb. We've had Austin Creed from WWE. I still don't know how we got him on to talk about Pokemon, but. Uh, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be asking uh, Joshua a bunch of questions, Pokemon and IGN related, for our listeners or for anyone coming over. And some are probably like maybe obvious questions if they consume you or follow you on Twitter. Well, I hope you're not consuming me. Oh gosh, <laughs> so sorry in advance if you're like uh, I just tweeted that a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, before we start, you work at IGN. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, what do you what do you do? Yeah, I've been working at IGN uh, over six years now. Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles six years ago to work at IGN. And I am a senior uh, editor and producer of features, which means I just uh, write and talk and make videos about everything, like movies, video games, TV, comic books, you name it. That's awesome. And uh, Pokemon is one of those things. Yes, Pokemon is a huge passion of mine. It's funny, uh, I, I got hired through the entertainment section of the site, uh, which is which is generally just movies, TV, and comics. Um, and then we have another office where there's video games, but I'm a frequent guest uh, at the games office. Um, and actually now we're merged and we're one big office, but the games folks know me because they're like, okay, uh, Pokemon guy, <laughs> he's here again. <laughs> I want to dive in deep with all the Pokemon stuff, but because we brought up IGN, because Sword and Shield was so controversial at the time, I feel like it still is. uh, How was the whole National Dex stuff for you guys, where there was an obvious divide in Pokemon fans that were just okay with it, and then, then fans that were not okay with the people that were okay with it? Yeah, it was very polarizing. Um, you know, I think this the conversation had on IGN was was similar to what was happening elsewhere of just that some people were super passionate about it and I think yeah, they have right to to feel the way they feel. But then some people you know, actually are like me who who don't strive to collect every last Pokémon and need every last Pokémon to be present in the game and they're like, "Oh, well, that's a little disappointing, but I'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Casey at IGN reviewed Sword and Shield. Yes. I guess your input is not in that review. So what did you think of it? Um, yes, I will just say as a disclaimer that Casey DeFridis, you know, her review is is the standing review of the site. And anything I say is my own personal opinion and doesn't affect uh, or detract from, from her review or her score or anything. Um, so I was just in love with uh, the Galar region and all the new Pokemon. And I'm someone who ne- didn't look at any of the spoilers, and I just want to go in and play it for the- and experience everything for the first time. And I got such a kick out of just catching all these new Pokemon and watching what they turn into. I thought the creature design in this generation was fantastic, uh, as well as uh, you know the region and everything. The gym leaders uh, were all awesome this time around, and how they they elevated uh, what a gym match could be and where it's you know a match like a sporting event in front of a huge crowd. Loved that. Uh, that music that comes in, I won't try and sing it, but you know the chanting, the Dynamax oh, chant? It's good. Oh, man. So good. So I, I loved all those things about it. 
the, the one thing I just really don't like, and you'll if, if, if people do follow me on Twitter, they know this already, is that I just wish the games were more challenging again. Like, like give me just like the Gen 5 level of difficulty and I'd be happy. But uh, the, the games, they're, you know, they're... Um, they're made for, I think, you know, children, uh, and uh, uh, that's like their target audience. And to please them, I think they took away a lot of the the friction and resistance and, and the you know the ability to fail. Um, but I think you need that. I think you need that in Pokemon, right? That's like Ash Ketchum's like biggest lesson is that uh, uh, you can still have a good time and, and make friends um, despite the fact that uh, you didn't win the Pokemon Championship until uh, um, Alola. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch the, do you follow the anime or is that just the, I mean, everyone knows that he won whether they watched it or not. Um, I watch it, uh, intermittently. Like I'll like tune in and watch a big chunk of, of a season and then kind of fade away. And then I'll come back when something catches my attention. Um, you know, I did watch, of course, the show when I grew up, uh, from, from the start, but then trailed off. Around the, the time the the the, the GS ball mystery, I was like, "Where's the payoff?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, I've come back. You know, it's, it, uh, the uh, the one where uh, is it Pokemon Journeys? That is that the Netflix one? Yes. Yep. Um, I thought that was was really cool. And then the Pokemon uh, Twilight Wings, which is the online mini series, mm-hmm. I thought that was so good. I wish the main series would um, you know borrow from that. Mentioned that you grew up playing Pokemon, so did that always stick with you? Did you? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, what was the first game you played? I guess Pokemon Red, and my brother got Pokemon Blue, and it just like Ash Ketchum was like uh, up late the night before trying to decide what a starter was going to be. I had that same, you know, crisis. <laughs> Very relatable, Ash. Uh, yeah, and I ended up I ended up going with with Bulbasaur, um, and uh, had a great time with that game. Yeah, and then. But I, I played that game like to death. <laughs> um, and um, that was like before all the free to play games and 800 yeah. games coming out a day. You got you got one game as a kid and that was you got that until like Christmas. So you play. <laughs> yeah. And if you wanted to play with somebody else, you had to link your Game Boy to theirs with a link cable. Remember that? And you had that's the only way you could do multiplayer, like to battle somebody else or to trade. <laughs> yeah. My parents refused to buy me a link cable because what? Because they thought it was a waste of money. Because what was <laughs> what was a game back then? Like thirty, maybe thirty five bucks, and a link cable was like fifteen, half the cost of a game. So they were oh, like, yeah. "Your friends have the link cables. We don't need you to have ah. one." <laughs> That's fantastic. That's funny. I actually have a funny story about link cables. So uh, maybe you don't know about this because you didn't have one. But there was this trick where you could trade a Pokemon from one game to another and yank out. The mm-hmm, link cable mm-hmm. at the right moment, and it would clone the Pokemon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's how I got my Mew. Right, because they wouldn't take me to Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend, he gave me a Mew, and then because uh, he cloned it, and then or maybe he got it from like a Game Shark or whatever uh, the equivalent for that was. Um, but uh, I remember uh, getting a little power hungry and cloning not just the Mew, but like Mewtwo's and and you know uh, all the starters. And everything, and I was like, "Oh yes, I have all these Pokemon. I'm I'm so I'm so strong now." And then I just I did uh, it one more time, and then when I turned the game back on, the uh, all my memory had gone away, and it had it had been factory reset my save file with mm. all 151 Pokemon, and all my powerful clones were gone. That was the life back then. Um, but 
twist. Uh, I called Pokemon customer service completely upset. And uh, they sent me a new cartridge with all 150 Pokemon on them. What? Best customer service experience of my life happened. This sounds when I was like, like a playground story. No, I swear, I swear, and I I still have it to this day in like a bin somewhere. But the thing that that bugged me is uh they I think they just have a bunch of cartridges with the game complete just lying around or something. Um, because the player name was Dragon, and that always bothered me because I'm like, my name's not Dragon. Why oh, would you name yourself sure. Dragon? My name's Joshua. <laughs> That definitely sounds like something you would hear like on the playground, though, of like a 10 year old being like, oh, I called Nintendo and they sent me a new copy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the funny part is, is that uh, they didn't tell me they were going to send me the game. They just heard my story and said, let me talk to your dad. I was like, "Uh, "Okay." And so my dad didn't tell me what was going to happen. So it just arrived one day in the mail and I was like losing my mind. I was like, oh, my God. Growing up, did you have the Pokemon Fallout where you got teased, made fun of, Pokemon not cool? You had to like keep your secret no uh, away from people because uh, that um, was like that was like me with Gen three. I just I had to skip it because I was in middle school at that point. And if you if you were playing Pokemon, I was already uncool, but playing Pokemon put me even more uncool. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Uh, so Gen three is like your lost generation. Yeah, I mean, uh, to this day, I've gone back to it, but that was the one I that was the one I completely skipped. Uh, at the time, yeah, I I think I was age appropriate. I think I was in middle school, so it was it was fine that I was into Pokemon, and all my friends were too. Actually, I didn't have many friends, but all the other kids were, uh, you know, into Pokemon. And uh, but it it got to the point where it did at a lot of places where it was just so crazy that it had to be banned from the school. Um, and I remember somebody stole a Zapdos out of my binder. It was just there one second, it was gone the next, and I I I. Oh, yeah, I, I, that was a bad day for Joshua, for young <laughs> Joshua. Um, but I actually skipped some a lot of generations because I played the first like couple games and then just kind of moved on to other stuff. And so uh, it wasn't until I think like college or, or a couple years after that I just randomly decided to pick up a uh, black two for some reason okay <laughs> I, don't know. I just started there. a weird one to start with, with i didn't even start with like black one and white one i just went right into that one uh, and that kind of reignited pokemon for me but yeah so i have i missed some some middle generations there for sure and uh, what about uh what about pokemon go i mean I, everyone played it the 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 week it came out the month it came out really um but did that capture your interest or are you still playing it i mean Oh, yeah, that took over my life uh, when it came out and for a long time after that. But it's uh, it's, again, something that I'll put to the side for a while. But then something will inevitably like draw me back in and uh, I'll get playing again. I'll get re-obsessed and I'll have to like try and catch up on all the things I missed and everything. Uh, But actually, when you put it down for a while, it's actually a little bit more fun when you come back because everything is new and you're constantly getting like new stuff that's really fun and cool. Um, or you're getting things that were really rare and scarce and valuable um, b- before, you know, like maybe months earlier or even a year earlier. Um, so that's a small little benefit. But yeah, I, I love Pokemon Go. You reviewed the Detective Pikachu movie. I did for IGN. Has has your thoughts or stance changed on that movie since? Sorry, we're jumping around. I'm just no, looking through my please. list of questions. Uh, I was like, how am I going to fit in the Detective Pikachu? This, <laughs> <laughs> this one will be good. It's been over a year now since that movie came out. 
Yeah, you know what? I uh, I love that movie. Um, uh, the the plot kind of goes off the rails and it's, it gets a little too confusing. Like I still to this day could not explain like what the whole like motive of like Mewtwo and the plan was and everything there. Uh, but just that it brought. <laughs> Pokemon like most to things life. in Pokemon. Right, right. <laughs> but just that it brought Pokemon to life in such uh vivid, authentic um uh detail was just it, it meant the world to me. And just all the Pokemon felt so real and they were acting like appropriately and had like the right like personalities and everything. And uh j- just that it, it got the world of Pokemon uh correctly. And my favorite moment is when they go and Pikachu gets hurt and they go into the forest and the Bulbasaur are there, that's like straight out of like a Miyazaki movie, right? Like that is yeah. just like this wonderful, beautiful Pokemon experience. And I, they, they really uh, got it right. Besides the, the plot, uh, I just loved everything about that movie and the plot didn't even matter. I was like, I'm looking as long as there's a new Pokemon every like one minute, I'm good. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so they certainly had that. Um, but uh, I actually got to visit the set of, um detective pikachu when they were filming it and uh that was like a life-changing experience that was spectacular um with it was the scene where they go to the underground fight club when pikachu fights charizard oh Um, yeah so we got to walk out onto like the battle arena so walking onto like a life-size full battle arena uh where you know the the lines are painted on the ground for the pokemon uh you know, you know, there's like a circle in the middle and the trainer boxes on either side. Um, and then there's like uh, like claw marks and scratches and burns like on on the pavement. Like it's been worn, like it's been used a lot and seen a lot of Pokemon battles. Um, all these Pokemon trainers and, and just viewers, um, you know, uh, in, in the on the outskirts behind the, the cage in like Pokemon fashions. They each had sort of like a, a glowing like diode, like a little like wire attached to them. And that's where their Pokemon was be would be. That's like the tracker for their Pokemon. Um, and then the for the fight, uh, they had two people holding up parts of a Charizard. One had the head and one had, I don't know, another part like it was like I think it was the tail. Um, and they were in green screen suits and they were running around you know, doing Charizard's movement at just like a placeholder for where he would be. Then another guy was on the floor holding Pikachu and then Ryan Reynolds was not there, but they were playing his lines over the loudspeaker and he was like acting out where the Pikachu was. And then they had the live action actor, uh, uh, Justice Smith there among all this. Uh, I'm sure he felt really silly just playing around with these guys in green screen suits and holding <laughs> Pokemon uh, uh, body parts, uh, but it was the coolest thing. If you didn't work at IGN, I would be like, no, that's another playground story that you're <laughs> you're telling me and that you're lying to me. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, yeah, you said earlier that like you weren't cool, and I I feel that you know. Uh, but I think you're awesome, man. <laughs> um, but like, I'm not a cool person. But I've had a lot of cool things happen to me uh, thanks to my job, you know, at IGN. Uh, so just my thing is just sharing those cool experiences uh, with 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 all the people. So you said earlier that you get to pick kind of, choose kind of what you want to write about. And I believe how I discovered you is you were posting like more TCG stuff and uh, Pokemon TCG stuff. And I don't think until recently, I feel like IGN has ever really covered the Pokemon trading card game. I mean, mm-hmm. I would assume that part of it is because you genuinely like it. But another part is I'm assuming it's also getting clicks. Otherwise... You probably would have stopped reporting on it if it wasn't gaining any traffic. But is that is that pretty much the process of like, hey, 
I think that if we report on Darkness Ablaze, that people are going to come to the website and check it out. It's kind of a mix of everything you just said, right? Um, uh, it's in terms. This is a really long conversation, <laughs> but uh, but I'll, the 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 short version is: um, if I think something is cool and interesting, I generally have just uh, full freedom to write about it, um, or make a video about it, or or do something with it, and you know, cover it for the site. Um, and uh, th- I'm, they just trust me to use my good judgment and good taste that uh i won't like waste their time <laughs> or anything <laughs> sure. or do something silly um um but uh but yeah so i just love 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 the pokemon card game it's like my favorite aspect of the pokemon franchise and um uh so i just you know i remember when i first kind of got into it and as an adult because i played it as a kid and then like i said i kind of stopped playing pokemon but then a few years ago i was actually hanging out with some friends and they were all into playing uh, magic the gathering and i was like yeah i, I appreciate this. this is like a really well-designed game but it's not for me like i want to play like my card game and uh so i i went with a friend and we bought some pokemon starter decks and uh it all begins and yep and then it got me i was right back in it and i was obsessed and i was like building meta decks like a week later um but uh when that you know that rush came to me i decided because i was passionate about it then i wanted to write uh about it for the site not knowing how it would do it's just kind of a test it actually did like impressively well um and uh and from then on i just continued to uh sparingly write about the pokemon trading card game it's not like a major beat for us right um but i generally wait until there is something cool fun or interesting that happens in the card game that i think maybe uh, a more general fan of pokemon or just of you know nerd culture in general would find interesting sometimes it's that you know there was a, a charizard gx like the shiny charizard card um that sold for like over ten thousand dollars who doesn't want to hear about that right yeah uh, uh stuff like that or if um you know, I have an article going up about how um, there's a <laughs> I think the way I phrased it was like this Bunnelby can kill God. And it's like it's just a a, a Bunnelby card that when, the, you know, it, it when it meets the the mad party uh, criteria of having enough Pokemon in the discard pile with the mad party attack, it can do 300 damage, which is enough to knock out the uh, Arceus, Dialga and Palkia card. Um, oh, yeah. Which has 280. So. That's just my way of just <laughs> trying to make things relatable for people or to, to make them turn their head and go, wait, what? I want to learn more about that. And then I've tricked them into reading a deck profile. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're on Amazon adding booster packs to their yes. cart. <laughs> You're super into Marvel, Star Wars, Pokemon. That's that's the that's a lot of very passionate and very I would I would say argumentative it <laughs> argue fans that like to argue. Mm-hmm. Is that is that not exhausting for you? Well, I don't usually get into the arguments because I just like to talk about what I love about these things. And I don't choose sides. Like some people are like only Marvel or only DC. I'm like, why not both? Like they're both like so good. And and sure, there are things that I like about one and not the other and, you know, and vice versa. But that's that's the same with anything. And uh, I would rather just have more good stuff than try and like choose sides and argue with people on the internet which is like the most pointless thing ever um and yeah just just have a good time and just share my love and enthusiasm for things um rather than anything else 
I feel like this is maybe a relatively new thing on the internet. Well, new being maybe in the last two years of just you guys or other outlets reviewing a game and then it just getting review bombed on Amazon or Metacritic and stuff. Even even a game that just came out, Fall Guys, got review bombed because the mm-hmm. servers weren't working. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the answer is it's not going to affect you guys and your what you do at your job, but I'm sure that is something talked about or looked at or is at least covered uh, in the news of like, this is not a good solution to these people's problems is giving it one star on Amazon. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it works. I, I can't. It didn't work for Sword and Shield. <laughs> the game sold 18 million despite being review bombed on both Amazon and Metacritic. Yeah, the whole that's a whole conversation, isn't it? Of just. I think people are just looking for an outlet when they're displeased and that's a place they know they'll be heard or at least be seen, right? Because they know that's something they can influence uh, to to show their displeasure with something. And uh, it's such like a, it's a multifaceted issue because fan feedback has never been more instant and never had a bigger impact. And sometimes it's people being trolls and people being jerks and it's very toxic um, but sometimes uh, you could argue that it's good. Uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog, people were very clear that they're like, no, that's not Sonic, that's Nightmare Fuel. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, now Sonic, uh, after the redesign, um, is, uh, I think, the most profitable uh, video game movie ever, right? And uh, so it really worked out for them because they listened to fan feedback. But I, I do think there is a balance uh, that needs to be struck. Uh, I don't know if we're, we will ever get there, um, but it, it, it is very difficult, um, uh, especially because uh, I think when one kind of studio gives in to the fan demand, you then have a sense of entitlement uh, to for people who are think, well, okay, well, well, they listen and they got what they want, so now I'm going to get what I want, and uh, and it's sort of like it's very childish, right? So I think if people were a little more reasonable about it and didn't just, you know, take out their anger on a a property or a game by review bombing it, I think we'd all be, you know, a little, (laughs) uh, we'd all be a little less stressed. Um, uh, But I do see online that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure which outlet it is. Is Was it Metacritic? Or, or one of one of one of the you know review aggregates. I think it's sites. Metacritic. Uh, th- well, they, they added a twenty four hour window where you couldn't uh, you had to wait before and play the game or watch the movie or whatever uh, before you got a chance to actually review it. And that was in an effort to uh, not have those knee jerk reaction review bombs. Yeah. So I think things doing things like that is a it's a good solution. Like you know, uh, most people get angry in a moment. And then it passes. So I think if you don't give them the ability to review bomb something in the moment, maybe maybe that is uh, a, a good solution. I don't really know the <laughs> results of that that test they did with that, but I think I think that's a step in the right direction. Of uh, some people don't have any chill, so you have to like you know enforce a little chill. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you guys? Uh, I'm assuming I don't. I can't say the last time I've looked at IGN comments, but I'm I'm assuming you guys still have people upset about just a number and didn't read the review. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be people like that. But no, we do talk a lot about reviews and how they're um, what, you know, like, did we get across what we wanted to is, as you know, w- you know, uh, what does the number mean? Uh, we've we've uh, actually recently 
uh, gone from having a 100 point scale, which is where you have like a decimal point where something could be like, I gave this a 5.2 or 7.9. And now we're doing a 10 point scale where it's all just uh, whole numbers where it, you get, it gets to a, a seven an eight a nine a 10. And it's just like that because we found that people were really focusing on those decimal points and they were like going to like another game that got like a 7.3 and like well this game got a 7.1 but how could you and it's like they were they were focusing on the number too much so by making the numbers less uh, granular and making them whole numbers um the idea was it would move the conversation off the number and back onto the game which is the whole reason we write a review in the first place um and i do commend other outlets that have uh um, just done away with numbers at all. But when you do that, you don't wind up on sites like the review aggregates and your your review reaches less people. Mm, um, yeah. So I think that's another reason in favor of, of keeping the numbers there. But yeah, I mean, reviews will always be a uh, uh, a hot <laughs> topic, uh, you know, <laughs> no matter where you are uh, on the internet, IGN or elsewhere. I think the, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe you guys have seen success with this. I think your video reviews have been great. Like you can scroll down, you can see the number and then you go, ah, this is a lot of, I don't want to read this, but then you just press play and pretty much somebody's reading it to you, uh, at that point. Yeah. I, I, even before I worked at IGN, I always loved, uh, the, um, the video reviews just cause they were so in depth and they illustrated what they were talking about. Uh, with the game and or with movie or TV show or whatever's being reviewed. Um, and that I, IGN was always a dependable place for me to go to get a good look at a game before I went to buy it. Speaking of video, too, uh, I saw you on a podcast uh, right after they announced Pokemon Snap. Everyone seemed pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those games that uh, for for like, you know, original OG um pokemon fans like like uh you like you and me <laughs> um that ga- game like hit the sweet spot of of just being uh kind of like i was saying about detective pikachu of just bringing the world of pokemon to life in a really fun novel way um and i think people now who've like played pokemon go and stuff and, and didn't play snap would be like well what's the big deal you're just taking pictures of them i can i can put a bulbasaur in my living room and take a picture of it on the table you know yeah. with pokemon go but no, there it was. It wasn't just taking pictures, right? It was like, uh, it was a puzzle game. It was on a timer, right? And so, and you had to like do things in a certain uh, order, and and then and beat the timer because you know if, if you took too long throwing your apples at the you know the Charmeleon, uh, you'd miss the the photo of, of Charizard, right? So you, there was there was all these things you had to learn and unlock about this game, and it rewarded playing you know replaying it over and over again uh and then of course there was that that beautiful uh psychedelic space level where you could get uh, a perfect ten thousand point picture of mew at the end that's just like that's the dream right (laughs) for for pokemon (laughs) fans like that's just like it's it just encapsulates the pokemon experience um in a way that's that's not the traditional pokemon formula of like catching and battling uh but it's still just awesome just as awesome so i think yeah, there's a lot of hype for for new Pokemon Snap, and I can't wait to play it. I think it has uh, big shoes to fill. With I think uh, in in the original, it, it was it was relatively short. Although as a kid, it would probably seemed like the most fulfill fulfilling game ever. But you know, only like sixty three Pokemon. I think like six levels, and then the seventh level was that. Like I never heard anyone describe it as psychedelic, but yeah, the psychedelic space level. It's Pokemon, so I can't imagine they don't put a $60 price tag on it, but 
What do you do? You think there's anything they need to do? Like, does it have to hit you know at least 500 Pokemon? Does it have to have this amount of levels? Like, I feel like uh, games have such high. People want so much more out of a $60 game nowadays. I feel like. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do the thing where they're constantly adding new content. It's one of those kind of games as service kind of things. Um, they haven't said what it's going to be, but I could actually see that happening. Like just starting with like a base adventure and then every couple months, a couple times a year, they uh, they come out. Imagine that they're like, oh, here's an- another level where we've like hidden, you know, 50 new Pokemon because, you know, there's over a thousand Pokemon now. There's plenty to get through. There's no way it's all going to be in the base game. And uh, uh, I think it would be unrealistic for people to expect them all to be in the base game. at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I think I think that would be cool. Now that I'm talking about it, I think it would be it would be cool. I think it's it's going to be obvious that they're going to have like all the fan favorites in there and then a couple unexpected ones and stuff. But uh, but I think what it needs to have, it, it just it does need to have that sort of element of tension where you're on like i don't want it to be like where you can um uh just go off into the wild and take pictures i actually want it to be on rails uh because that that was part of the puzzle game right Right. you had to it you had to stay on the path it put you on and do everything within a certain amount of time uh and that that was what was was what made it fun and addicting and wanting and you wanted to like run it again and again and again uh until you got it right and you found everything um so i definitely want to keep that core experience uh in the game and then yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be uh, opposed to them just expanding the game um you know as, as a service it's a work for animal crossing hey <laughs> is there any pokemon memory that stands out to you in the last 20 some years that that you haven't brought up i mean you got back in with gen 5 zapdos stolen on the playground <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up <laughs> Um, I will say that when I got back into the TCG a few years ago, um, I was just adamant about doing it very casually because there was like the world championship you could qualify for, but I thought that was just like too much. But, uh, last year, um, one of my friends actually qualified and I thought, wow, I was like so impressed. And I was like, well, wait a second, if he can do it. I can do it. <laughs> so I, I, I tried my hand at qualifying for the Pokemon World Championships. Uh, uh, to cut to the end of that story, I did it. Uh, and that was in March of this year. Or was it the end of February? Yeah, it, whatever the... Um, it was like on... Uh, was it Dallas or Knoxville? It was the end. It was like a big regional uh, tournament. Houston? I think it was Knoxville. Uh, it wasn't Houston. Uh, I, think it, I think it was in, in Knoxville. Um, okay. But uh, I... It's like right uh, before I, COVID, right? Right, it was on the on the cusp, right? We I think we had just heard about it, and we weren't really taking any um, safety precautions yet, and like nothing had been shut down yet. I do remember not shaking my opponent's hands and just being like, "Let's just do a fist bump," just just because you know we didn't we didn't know anything about the virus at that point. Uh, but I was like, just just for safety, we'll do fist bumps. Uh, but for, in that tournament, um, I actually did my career best placement it had like 600 plus people but i got 10th place um, and that awards you a bunch of championship points and you need 500 to get a world's invite and so that put me over the threshold and so that that was like one of the happiest moments i'd had because uh it had taken like eight months of you know practicing training uh traveling to tournaments all around the u.s um playing in tournaments like pretty much uh every weekend or once or twice a week um, and gr- you know, grinding, trying to get those 500 points. 
Um, and I live in uh, Southern California in Los Angeles area. And it's like a super competitive area. Like millions of people live here. And there's like some of the best Pokemon players um, in North America all live in my neighborhood. So it's like, it's really, you know, just to get go to a league challenge, like you have to face the best of the best. And that's like the lowest level tournament. That's only worth 15 <laughs> points. Um, but anyways, uh, as I was playing um, in uh, these like regional tournaments, which are like the big, you know, tournaments that have anywhere from like 500 to 1000 people, I finally got uh, I was I was like doing better. Like I, I, I finished like 120th and one and then I got like 110th at the next one. And then I got like 47th place in the next one. And I'm like, OK. And then the most recent one. Yeah, I got 10th place. And I was like, wow, I'm getting like better and better. And now I have enough points to play in worlds like, like I had so much momentum and I was so happy. But then, of course, they canceled the world championships and they postponed it till 2021. They are rolling over the invites. So I will get mm -hmm. to play um, next year. Although there's this whole thing where they added an extra day onto the event for, for yes. 2020 qualifiers. Um, and then if you had gotten the, the, the proper amount of points for the next year, then you would skip that day and go. Uh, so it's like you kind of have to earn two invites to get a normal invite. It's this whole thing. Anyways, yeah, well, um, hopefully but, things are better where there can be a world's next year. <laughs> you know, I have my fingers crossed so hard they're about to break. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, it, safety first. You know, uh, I wouldn't want them to rush or do anything before, you know, they're ready. But when you think about it, Will it be safe to have an international convention where the players are going to come and sit in a room together for like three days on end and, uh, uh, you know, touch each other's cards and shake each other's hands and then like go eat nachos? You know, like, <laughs> like, uh, will it be safe to do that a year from now? I don't know. I certainly yeah, hope so. I hope so. Um, but uh, I was extra excited uh, for Worlds, um, not only for the chance to compete, which is its own cool thing, but it was going to be in uh, in London. And next year's will be in London as well. But I thought that, that because you know, Sword and Shield, this, the Gala region is based off of Great Britain, and they were having the Worlds uh, after Sword and Shield in London. I thought that was just too perfect and awesome. Um, and I was very much looking forward to that. But uh, it, it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, you like know your uh, best the great memory thing and your worst memory. It, it you kind qualified, of the same time. but then didn't get to actually go. But here, let me let me give you a happy memory, uh, just to to put a cherry on the top of this. Um, well, uh, I've never been like the most popular guy, and don't have like a lot of friends, especially since I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I find it really hard to like meet and keep like good friends. Uh, but when I started playing Pokemon, like the Pokemon community is like super nice and awesome, and uh, there's everyone's just like automatically your friend because you're you're all just there to play pokemon when you show up at these tournaments and stuff so i have like a local store that i go to and uh it was my birthday last year and i didn't um throw a birthday party for myself because i was like i don't even think i know enough people uh who would show up and like celebrate my birthday i know this is really depressing uh everyone at home <laughs> sorry uh but i went to to you know weekly pokemon league night uh just to play some cards and then they, uh, the whole um, um, group there surprised me and got me uh, a birthday pie because they know I don't like cake. And they sang me happy birthday. And then some people even got me like cards as like a gift. And I was so moved. And I was just like, that is like the power of Pokemon there. Of just everyone is just so welcoming and awesome. And like, and uh, is would, would do something like that for you. And I'd even ask for it. And and so that is like my my really happy Pokemon memory. Dang, there was a lot in that last like five minutes 
<laughs> it's a real emotional roller coaster. Have Have you been to a world tournament? Just I just as a spectator. I have as a spectator for a couple of times. I was covering them uh, for IGN. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, they're really I never, they're really I never fun. Played in one? No. Uh, I, I it it seemed so unattainable. Uh, which is why the memory of of getting the invite was uh, you know, it was so special. Yeah, I would always I would I've been to three four. Uh, okay. And I've always told people if, if even if you can just attend and you're a Pokemon fan, it's it's just worth being around all those people. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, Pokemon's Comic-Con or E3. You know, it's like it's pretty much a big Pokemon convention where people from all over the world just come in this big building and enjoy Pokemon together. And there's so much to do besides the competition of just hanging out. There's like Pokemon Go events and uh, you know, video games, there's, there's side events and trading card game side events and little events. And then usually that's when they uh, take the stage and unveil new things coming up in the Pokemon world, like new video games. Sometimes they announce new Pokemon. Uh, when the movie came out, that they had the, the Detective Pikachu cast come out and do like a wave. Uh, so yeah, a Pokemon World Championship uh, is, is definitely uh, like a must. It should be on the bucket list of every Pokemon fan. Well, I don't want to eat up too much more of your time. I got one question, probably, probably the hardest one of the the interview. Uh oh. What is your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> um, it is Psyduck. It's 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 definitely Psyduck. I have a lot of love for a lot of different Pokemon, but it always comes back to Psyduck. Um, because he's just really stressed out all the time. <laughs> And I can relate to that, <laughs> but no. But then when he unleashes the stress, when he gets once he gets focused, right? He does that thing where he like li li psychically lifts everybody into the air and like pebbles off the ground and becomes this unstoppable force once he gets his stuff together. So I like I like to I think I like to think I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, Joshua, thank you for being on. I really really appreciate your time. Oh, where... oh uh, thank you so much for for having me uh, for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, where can uh, my listeners find you? I mean, IGN, but but should they should they look for something? Uh, is it easier to find your Twitter, YouTube, anything like that? Um, yeah, if you want to uh, follow my you know daily ramblings where I talk about uh, not just Pokemon, but Marvel, DC, Star Wars, uh, uh, Lady Gaga. You know, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at uh, Joshua Yale. Last name is spelled Y E H L. I don't know why it's spelt like that. Just go with it. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, on IGN, uh, you know, any given day, I post content covering all the topics uh, I'd mentioned and more. Um, and you can find us on YouTube. Uh, oh, and on, on YouTube, uh, we do IGN Now, which is like our daily news show, which is a show that I uh, host, write, and produce as well. So if, you're, if you ever need, need some nerd news, you can always go there. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. And we are back. Uh, we forgot some news. 
Real, what? Real. You said we were done. Sorry. You said we would catch up next week. It's why, like why do you lie? Like, this is this is why Pokemon Company created another podcast. Yep. Full of truths and not your truths. lies. Okay, before we get to the 30 seconds of news, uh number 1 is we were slightly mistaken last week about the podcast awards. You cannot vote. <laughs> it doesn't let you vote anymore. Um, so we did get nominated for a podcast award, so thank you to everyone who voted the first time around. Um, so from the terms of service, which we still have to start a TOS podcast. I'm in it. I'm on it. 500,000 people voted for different shows. I I suspect 400 of the 500,000 people voted for our show, but that that's cannot confirm or deny that. But for the second round of voting, which we're on right now, that ends at the end of the month... Only 5,500 people from the 500,000 voters got sent an email to vote again. So, uh, if you got that email, you are allowed to vote again for our show. If you did not get that email, you don't get to vote for round two. I don't know why they did that, but that's... A thing, I guess. So, fingers crossed that things work out, I guess. So, if you did vote, check your email. Should say podcast awards. Check your junk folder. You are specially selected to... I'm assuming the secondary votes have more weight. That would probably be my thought process. Well, I think the secondary votes actually have the vote, right? Like, they're the ones that are determining the award. What we did was to get the top ten choices. Yes. So yeah, they did say there's like a. What we did before means you got in, and now it's these 5,000 people who are actually making the decision. Right. Plus, I think there are like eight judges yeah. that are also helping with the decision. So that's that. Uh, two weeks left on our Kickstarter. That'll be in the show notes. Um, oh, I got to contribute to that. Kickstarter is. If my lawyer up will let me. And available. We'll talk about it. <laughs> We have images of what the uh, cassettes look like now on the Kickstarter, and we just put up stretch goals this past week on the Kickstarter. Um, so that's all there. So you got two weeks. We'll remind you because next week will be the last week. Uh, if you want to get the break music on um, on CD or cassette, I mean it's digital download too. But uh, and we're still working with the artists to um, do the the books and stuff. So it'll be really cool. Okay, the news we missed. Coco, the movie, the one that's in that the one that was supposed to come out in July but didn't come out in July, the Zarude and the Shiny Celebi one and everything like that. This is from Brandon from our Slack community. Comes out on Christmas. 20 Christmas Day only in Japan. Oh. Japan December 25th. They said they would delay it till the winter. They have decided on a date. It is it is Christmas in Japan, which I think is like a big KFC day. We'll have to check with Andrew. Pretty sure, pretty sure KFC is like. I remember. An- so Andrew is a resident Japanese correspondent. Um, yep. I remember him saying that like fast food restaurants will try to associate themselves with a holiday, so then they like have just record sales on that specific day. So KFC did that with. Christmas, I think. I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
KFC like didn't. I don't think they deliberately associated. I think that was much more of a happenstance. They became associated with Christmas and thus make a lot of money over Christmas. They also didn't. They also have a Final Fantasy fourteen promotion. Was that KFC? Who? KFC in Japan? I think probably. I re- didn't. We- I felt like we reported on news where. You had to order like a family meal to get like a giant chocobo, and then uh, you- Chinese Final Fantasy fourteen players are eating inhuman piles of KFC oh, it was, to earn it was chocobos. China, yeah, and they wouldn't let you. You couldn't throw the food away, otherwise you wouldn't get the chocobo. We did report on this because it was that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't uh, be wasteful. Is the Play Pokemon podcast gonna report on? KFC in China? I think not. I think not. Uh, you need to play the game. You're not going to, but you should. Is there a free login touch period? Probably not. Yeah. There is? You can play from I'm, levels 1 to 60 for free. I'm already... I passed that. Well, then, you nothing for free. Uh, you you have the taste. You know what you can do. Okay, but here's the thing. I, got, I have two 30-day free... Through two 30-day codes that I bought. It was there. Yeah. They did some sale or whatever on squareenix.com or .net. I don't even know what Square Enix owns. I bought it. I have to redeem those. And then they uh-huh. become active. And then the time is clicking. The, the time is clicking and or ticking. And uh-huh. then I got to pay the, what, $12 to move to Gilgamesh, which is overpopulated now. You can move to anything on that server. Like, on that server bank, because world transfer is a thing. Yeah, but I might as well move to where you are. True. Which I told you over a year ago, and you didn't listen to me. I told you why I moved to an empty server. And I told you why that was a dumb idea. (laughs) Well, what's overpopulated And who was right, Steve? (laughs) I was. It was a dumb idea, and now you're trapped on an empty server. I'm not trapped. Look, what is it? $12 to move? I'll pay the $12. I think it's 10. Let me tell you what happened, though, Greg. This game called Fall Guys came out, and all I want to play is Fall Guys, not Final Fantasy. I'm going to have to look at this game, because it just doesn't seem like it's any fun, oh. so it probably <laughs> isn't. Oh, it's, it's, it's something. When it's on Switch, tell me. Because apparently, if I play it on PC, I'm a cheater. That's true. Yeah. The pro players are playing on PS4. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Who's even a pro player? Me. That doesn't. Yo, you are not. You won like three crowns. No, no, no. I'm up to six crowns now, Greg. Yeah, that's going on my LinkedIn profile. It is gonna, not. It's just check. You don't even have you don't even have your shiny Pokemon on your LinkedIn. This is the front. This is why there's a lawsuit from I'm so, me. I'm so Speaking of that. my LinkedIn profile, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do I see how many Snome I've knocked out? On LinkedIn? No, no. <laughs> wow. Yes. Where on my LinkedIn profile does it automatically update with the number of Snome that I've knocked out? <laughs> You know, that gave me guess a share of LinkedIn. Um, in the Pokedex. Where? I looked in the Pokedex. It doesn't say you know, knocked the, out. Yeah, it'll say it'll say Pokemon defeated. Oh, I'm gonna have to check that again later. I'm doing like thirty a day. That's gotta get me to the big number soon. Yeah, well. Are you knocking them out or you're hatching them? Because hatching them doesn't Hatch count. Him, don't Knock, count. Knocking them out. Okay. Knocking yeah, okay. them out. 
Hatching them don't count. I paid attention during that portion of the podcast <laughs> when we discussed improving your shiny odds. I am literally on your LinkedIn profile now. Who's? Will's? Yours. Are we LinkedIn? Send me a request. I don't know if we're from. We got to connect. We got to network, Greg. You are a first connection. This is how you don't pay attention to your LinkedIn. This is why there's lies. I have been connected to you for years. <laughs> years! And you're sitting here telling straight up lies can you, about your you crown winnage. Write it's, me a, uh, a recommendation. <laughs> for what? We'll lie to you about his shiny count is what I'm writing right yeah, now. Great entertainer. Very funny. Charismatic. Look, uh, look, I'm writing it for you. Skills and endorsement. My options are logo design. No, I don't know the Adobe ISC logo. I did suite, do. It's pretty no. good. Time management. Well, sure, <laughs> maybe. Definitely not on that one. <laughs> I could maybe, maybe write an endorsement under podcasting after this lawsuit's. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, no, nothing now, nothing now. Nothing now. Nah, ask nothing everyone now. to uh, up their Kickstarter pledge right now to help pay for the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Three accomplishments? Three projects, yeah. yeah. Don't look at my LinkedIn. Dang, I took a screenshot of those questions last week and now I can't find them. Well, they're gone forever at the time. Oh, wait. Oh, that's not it. Oh, I found it. <laughs> Catherine writes in from our Slack community. Yeah, what? What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I got some. No, but... just go. All right, just go. No song this just week. Just go. I'm done. I'm out. Video. I'm on, I'm on strike. 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 <laughs> strike. 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 Don't even get a scab. I've already heard your scabs that you bring in to do these songs. I'll make sure. Okay, to make up for it, I'll make sure to recommend on LinkedIn the musical and and. <laughs> Whatever musical and dancing recommendation. You are the worst. Video on demand seems to be the current plan for a lot of movies these days. How much would you pay to rent or buy the new Pokemon movie if that option became available? So by new Pokemon movie, we mean Coco. Coco. Or I'm, let's, we could even say, detect, let's just say Detective Pikachu 2. Ooh. Isn't didn't they say that like some move Mulan is going to be like forty dollars to rent thirty thirty ninety nine it's twenty nine ninety nine live action of something that was already done better as a cartoon. Well, we don't know that it was done better as a cartoon. Oh, I mean, chances me. are very good that it was done better <laughs> as a cartoon. But uh, Disney Plus will you'll be able to watch it for a thirty dollar fee. But you're already paying like $7 a month to get into Disney Plus. Yeah. Mm. Well, Look, number one, you, there's okay. no Disney in my house. There so is in my house. They can plus away all they want. Okay, number one, if you go to a movie in New York City, which I did once, like even, even 20 years ago, that alone for two people was easily $30. Yeah. Easily. So a family of four having to pay $30 to watch Mulan to keep their kids quiet for however long that movie is, they will pay that money for I the peace of mind. I am not a family of four. I'm a, a barely a family of one. Okay, well then we I will drag the TV outside. We will socially distance, and that'll be three of us. You can bring you can bring whoever you want. That'll be a family can of I four. Can I bring my we'll cat? Sit. That'll be a family of five and two dogs. It's a family of seven for, for 
$30. It's a bargain. I don't know if this works. Do you think this is going to work? Yeah, it works for trolls. Yeah, but trolls wasn't $30. It was like 10 wasn't it? Okay, and let's to clarify for the people who heard the word trolls and just thought like basically all the people that watch Steve on Twitch. <laughs> uh, trolls World Tour was a movie. Yes. And wasn't it like Marcus or AMC that got really mad and was like, we're not oh, going to yeah, let yep. you show yep. movies in our theaters again? <laughs> they, they did do that. They did say, you know what? Uh, nah, dog. Uh, isn't it on Amazon Prime? Is that who did who released it? I don't know. For a Pokemon movie, I would happily pay up to four ninety nine, but I would prefer to pay a dollar ninety nine. I think the most I would pay for a brand new movie that I couldn't see in theaters because of economic times would maybe be fifteen bucks. Oh, you would go that high if it was that- a new Detective Pikachu? I would probably pay up to ten. But I I strongly believe they, okay. that Netflix is going to just pay for a movie outright to show up Disney. I they would. I Wait, would. Netflix has already produced movies and yeah. yes, paid for movies outright. They produce their own movies. Right. No, but I'm saying like they 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 definitely paid for Mewtwo Strikes Back or whatever. So I could yeah. see them paying for Coco and being like Coco is exclusive on here just for to free. stick it to to stick it to Disney and to stick it to these other platforms. Um, I would pay at most for a Pokemon movie in my home at most two ninety nine. Why at am I most. a bad guy at fifteen? <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna say like ten. <laughs> no, okay, I would pay ten dollars for the movie theater experience that has a great sound, yep. it's a huge screen. Yep. I in my home, I am not bothered by anything. I usually will go on a matinee or on a Tuesday, so it's eight dollars. That is an experience I'm willing to pay for. Although Pokemon has a history of doing terrible movies, so when I went and saw The Power of Us, which was free, I wanted my money back for the time that I lost there. So, given the fact that their track record is mostly abysmal... Full disclosure, we got free tickets to The Power of Us. I didn't get no free ticket to Power of Us. Hey, I offered Did you I? one. Oh. I took it. Remember, we were going to do something... Oh, we were recording uh, B-Team, and I was at that instead, because yep. I went and saw it for free. Uh, so, given that, I would maybe pay two ninety nine, like, if if people said it was really good, but they'd have to say it was really, really good, like, it's the best movie in years, and by people, I mean, not Steve. Yeah, basically. I didn't say The Power of Us is good. No, also, but you, thought, you think a lot of Pokemon movies are good that aren't. No, I don't. I say they're okay. <laughs> so, my other thing, though, is I, I just don't, I... It's so rare for me to consume passive media if it's not YouTube skate bits. So <laughs> I'm going to call you out so hard because <laughs> you so do. You watch skaters and bikers go down a bike trail, a POV okay, I bike watch, race. I, watch I was there. Freestyle bike videos. I watch <laughs> skate vids from the 90s and early 2000s. Yes. <laughs> With that sweet I 90s don't watch, skater tracks. I don't watch movies. That are movies. I don't watch TV shows that are TV shows. If it doesn't feature some dude doing like a front side 50-50 down to nine, I'm not interested. So you wouldn't see Tony Hawk the movie is what you're saying? I mean, Tony Hawk ain't making no movies. (laughs) Even now with that attitude, look, they're getting desperate. 
the last movie I rented off iTunes, which was like a month ago, was the uh, the Sonic movie. Uh, and it was all right. I lost. I want to see the original cut. Yeah, release the Sonic director's cut. Cowards. It was okay. It was worth. I think it was five ninety nine to rent it. Yeah, that's pretty standard. But I thought, was, I, thought, is- I thought it was worth the six bucks at the end of the day. I mean, if it was a bad movie, I probably would have said probably would have said it was not worth six bucks. <laughs> but I was I was uh, entertained for the ninety minutes or whatever how long it was. I was like, yeah, that was a good use of my time. I laughed. It was funny. It was fine. It was Sonic. It went real fast. Uh, he did go fast. Yeah, I have no clue how good or bad Coco would be, but I feel like. If for whatever reason it came out here on Netflix on Christmas Day. If it came out here on Netflix on Christmas Day for free, I will watch it. I will watch just about anything Pokemon related for free. I don't think the Pokemon Company and Disney are doing anything together anytime soon. But if for whatever reason mm-hmm. it came on Disney Plus and they were like, oh, you can watch it for 20 bucks. No. I don't think I, don't think no. I can do that. No, 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 no. I Not mean- unless there were like eight to ten of us in the room. Correct. And I was collecting two dollars from each of you. <laughs> Ven- Venmo me, Venmo me your your portion of the movie tickets. Passing around the pan. Like if somebody says Mulan is excellent, 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 like such a better version of it, I may consider, maybe, but nah. Like I lo- so I have Amazon Prime, and when I get to the thing where it says like you can rent this, I'm like, nope. About there's yep. just so much Agreed. for free. There's just so much Heck, for free. I have Netflix. I turn it on. I scroll through. I'm like, there is literally nothing here I want to see, and I turn it <laughs> off and go to a sick <laughs> girl skateboard vid. I need to see if Netflix has skateboard vids to lure you back into the they Netflix do not. family. They do not. Does Netflix not have Gleaming the Cube? Get get out of here with your trash mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Will, give us our Pokemon of the Week. Last week's Pokemon of the Week uh, was from Sinnoh. Uh, it is an ice type, um, which is actually very strange that it takes a long time to get to the ice types in Sinnoh, even though it's a northern territory, which you'd think it'd be colder. Like you're talking about the region um, that has two fire Pokemon, one being Ponyta. Well, either way. <laughs> uh so the first ice type that appears is a mono ice type, um, and then you have this one, or it has to be primary ice type, so not ice type as the second type. Um, you cannot, you can only catch this Pokemon in the wild in black and white and black and white too. There literally no other game does it ever appear in the wild. So only in Unova are there wild of this running around. Um, and you, if you do want to evolve it, you have to follow a special condition it has to i'll give you the clue i didn't give last week it has to know a special move um which is similar to what tangela needs to know in order to uh, evolve into tan growth um and then i referenced a science article about trying to restore from some frozen dna but it's not a dinosaur so who is that pokemon it's cantonian sand slash Yes, correct. Because Cantonian Sand Slash requires special conditions to evolve, which that's something we had in Gen 1. Man, I'm so good at this. 
It's Mammo Swine. It is Mammo Swine. You are correct. One of my all-time favorite Pokemon. I, I love Mammo Swine so much. I don't like its eyes. I wish its eyes were different. Otherwise, uh, it's a I pretty decent I wish its shiny Pokemon. was different. Is that why mm. X and Y is your favorite game? Because you ride on one? Oh, I love I love riding on Mammo Swine. So I don't know. I was so... Uh, I wanted Pokemon riding to be so much more than what it ended up being. I really yeah. thought that in X and Y there was going to be like a race. Like your mom's like, I'm a world class. Yeah, I'm a world class uh, Rhyhorn racer. And you're like, oh, cool. Maybe later in the game I'll race a Rhyhorn. And you're like, no, no that doesn't happen. Nah. <laughs> nah. I mean, that's your mom's thing. That's not your thing. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's all about breaking free from your, your parents like, and discovering yeah. your own identity. At age 10. Yeah, I think you were like 14 in X and Y. Oh, probably. 13 or 14. You don't like the ski goggles? I like the ski goggle eyes. Nah, there's just something that's like too like sunken, mm. I think. That's that's my issue. Some trivia here. Mamoswine would have been obtainable in both Gen 2 and Gen 3 if it existed. As Piloswine... <laughs> <laughs> Trivia! As yeah, sure. could learn ancient power in both generations. So that's the thing, is that the Pokemon has to know ancient power in order for it to be able to evolve I think into Mamoswine or Tangrowth. saying is, like, Tangula couldn't learn ancient power in two or three. Right. Um, no other Pokemon has the same type combination as Mamoswine and its pre-evolutions. Uh, and Mamoswine and its pre-evolutions are the only Pokemon weak to all three starter Pokemon. Hey, that's actually really good trivia. That's that one's a good one. There you go. Way to finally get it. Finally, get it done, Bubblepedia. It's a Pokemon. Mamoswine is a common has a combination of mammoth and swine. You don't I, say. How's that uh, shuffle icon there? It's good. Uh sweet. It's good. It's a good there one. There you go. It oh, appeared in, so uh, you know, appeared in Poke Park Wii, Pikachu's Adventure. It did. It was in I the, just, the iceberg zone. Mamoswine is like the number one I want you to fix the shiny. Pokemon well, that's company. not going to happen. So. I know. It's just such a gross green. Now, if it was called Charo Swine. <laughs> it would be, be black and sleek and cool. Yeah, it would be black and red and purple. and. Oh, wow. Let's go on card. to this week's Pokemon. Um, this is going to be real long and real boring, so... Love it! Get, get some caffeine, get a cup of coffee, something like that. Here we go. As we have now reached my personal 8th anniversary of... Eight, that should be 8th. Start again. As we have now reached my personal 8th anniversary of appearing on this program, we will once again discuss one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. Tickles. Tickles was one of the key Pokemon that I brought to Pokemon U.S. Nationals in 2012. I thought it looked really cool, with a W on its head matching the W in my name. I distinctly remember that I knew absolutely nothing about competitive battling at the time and had pretty much only brought a team so that I could battle with Wheels and Irene, who were also in the VGC competition. My memory may be flawed here. I just checked in Pokemon Home and Tickles is currently at level 67. I don't think I ever used her after 2012 U.S. Nationals, so that's where she is, frozen in time. I do know that my main tactic in using Tickles was to try to use Fisher, a ground-type one-hit knockout move. For those in the know, 
Oko moves are never used in competitive VGC because they have a very low possibility of hitting, even with accuracy improving items. By the time everyone at dinner the night before had informed me that my Pokemon and moves choices were garbage, that my Pokemon needed held items, and they should all be over level 50, I realized I didn't stand a chance. In 2012, I did not have a good sense of Pokemon tools available on the internet. Tickle's other moves were Aqua Tail, Earthquake, and Future Sight. She received Stab from Aqua Tail and Earthquake, and I've never been able to figure out why this particular Pokemon has access to Future Sight. Future Sight is both a weird and terrible move. She has a docile nature, meaning that none of her stats were improved or hindered, and her ability is Anticipation. Her Pokemon species is one of the few non-psychic types that can have anticipation as an ability, and they are the only ones, including her pre-evolution, with her type combination that can have it at all. Anticipation, which causes your Pokemon to, to shudder if one of the opposing Pokemon has a super effective move, is a terrible ability to have in Pokemon VGC. Smogon has sorted Tickles into its PU tier, as they describe their lowest official usage-based tier, with the following overview. With access to Dragon Dance, a fairly rare move for Pokemon in PU, and a typing that allows it to resist types that are fairly common in PU, Tickles may seem like a good choice for a setup sweeper. However, in reality, it has horrible offensive and defensive stats that make it extremely difficult to do damage and seem like a threat. Tickle's lack of coverage and severely disappointing stats, even at plus one, make it near impossible to sweep an entire team, as its terrible speed allows it to get revenge killed very easily that makes it very difficult setting up without fainting. There you go. That is the Pokemon of the Week. If you don't know it by now, do some research. Figure it out. <laughs> All right. We will be back next week, of course. Two weeks left on the Kickstarter. If you're interested in that, a huge shout-out again to Joshua Yale for being on today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, I am still in talks with, I think, two other people to get them on the show. So we're doing that. We have a subreddit, r slash super effective. If you uh, want a Pokemon community on Reddit that isn't completely awful, although I'm probably going to change it to just PKMNCast because that's like literally everything is... It's on my to-do list is to change the Patreon and Branding. The, always be branding. Always be branding. Uh, speaking of branding, uh, Twitter.com slash PKMNCast, YouTube.com slash PKMNCast, uh, Instagram.com slash PKMNCast, <laughs> PKMNCast.com. We have the website or PokemonPodcast.com. Uh, podcast does go up on YouTube every single Monday. Obviously, you made it to the end, so you're listening to it somehow. But I know people bothered me for years about having the podcast on YouTube. Now it is on YouTube. It's been on YouTube all year. So every Monday for that. Uh, and then YouTube videos every Wednesday and Friday. We've been doing that for like the last six months. Um, so if you can't make it to the live streams, uh, there's Masters content. There's Pokemon Go content. There's Sword and Shield content. I've been uh, There was a couple guides that I, I made. Um, so please, 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 if you need more content, you want to support, um, YouTube is a good place. 
if you can't make it to the Twitch stuff. Otherwise, Twitch is pretty much every every evening. I think that's it. I think that's everything. Uh, Greg is at White Wing on Twitter. Will is at Washing the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. Otherwise, uh, thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super on strike. 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 A quick shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective or you can head over to isc.cash if you would like to support the podcast. Shout out to our producers of this episode, Kay, Kevin, Catherine, Courtney, Matthew, Anthony, Jetsy, Patrick, Casey, Liam, Potato, and our executive producer of Spencer. Thank you all for your support. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week.